Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all this morning. Uh, Probably one of the simplest uh, messages in chapel that you'll receive. Uh, But uh, what I wanted to do this morning, and I thank you, uh, Pastor Mitchell, for allowing me to be here today. Thank you for uh, uh, Fairhaven Baptist Church and just having my wife and I here. It's just been a a great privilege uh, to be here with you. And um, I want to preach a message uh, this morning, not really a title. Uh, I want to go over what I do on a daily basis of sharing the gospel. Um, And some of the things that I've learned as I sought to seek God's face and sought to win the lost. Uh, Not an easy task, but a task that every one of us have to do. Uh, There's not one person sitting in this room does not have that task to do uh, to win the lost. But the perspective has to change. Uh, Your desire and my desire when I go out. And, and just follow me when I say this. Turn to Revelation chapter 4, if you will. Uh, when I go out, when I go out uh, just about every day, when I go out on Saturdays, when I go out, no time, no time is there not when I go out uh, that my main goal is not to win a soul. It's not. It's not. I, my main goal is not to win a soul because if that was my main goal, I'd, I would get defeated a long time ago. Uh, my main goal is found in Revelation chapter 4. Uh, this is my main goal and I, I plead with you to be your gold for why you do everything in your Christian walk. Uh, everything, schooling, uh, decisions that you make, directions that you go, that this would be your main motivation. Look what it says in Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Uh, we were created to please God. Uh, that is our purpose. That's the purpose that this whole world is looking for right now. I remember being a lost man. Um, and when I was lost in high school, I grew up with a friend and his mom, and I, I smoked cigarettes when I was lost. And I remember going out in the backyard, uh, sitting on our picnic table, uh, lighting up a cigarette and looking up to the heavens. Why am I here? What is this all about? What is the direction of my life? And I didn't know those answers at the time. Uh, But after I got born again, I learned that the answer to that and to everyone that we come across is to please God. Uh, We are we are created to please him. So whatever whatever you do in life, uh, you go knock some doors, you go uh, Saturday on the bus route, do it to please the Savior. Don't do it for any other reason, not a pat on the back, uh, not a attaboy from anybody. Do it to please God because he's worthy to be praised. Uh, he should have the preeminence in our life. And I'm going to give you a couple of verses here, and you can turn with them, uh, or you can just take notes. But in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22, it says this, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Uh, after you're born again, we do keep the commandments of God. That is something we do. We don't do that to keep ourselves saved or to get ourselves saved. We do that to be obedient children to please our Savior. I have three children, and when they obey me, they please me. When they don't, they don't. Um, But when they do, it's pleasing my sight. So we are to keep the commandments of God. Again, not for salvation, but for a testimony of living in righteousness. I was out knocking doors uh, one day, and I knocked on a door. It was uh, uh, a Southern Baptist in our our area. And uh, her husband wasn't home, so I'm I'm not going to argue with a lady. Uh, I understand her husband's not there. Uh, so I was very uh, kind and, and tried to be very, um, uh, let, let me just tell you what my life verse is before I tell you about, about this story. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 24, uh, right before the passage of scripture that y'all quoted last night. Uh, but it says this, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, 
apt to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God prevents you, will give them repentance to the acknowledge of the truth, and that they may recover themselves from the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Uh, my job as a servant of the Lord is not to strive with anyone. Uh, we're there to share the gospel, to please God. But uh, this lady came to the door, and I told her where we're from, Madison Baptist Church. And uh, not only will we like to invite you out to church, but we're going to find out if you know for sure you're going to heaven. Uh, oh, you're from Madison Baptist Church, are you? I said, yes, ma'am. And they were a Capshaw Baptist right down the street. Uh, she said, you guys at that church, I'll never come to your church. Uh, we're on staff at, at Capshaw Baptist Church, and you at that church should be ashamed of yourself because y'all use that legalistic Bible, the King James Bible. <laughs> and uh, praise God for memory verses. <laughs> uh, so I said, ma'am, uh, I, I think you have it misunderstood. And come to find out, I was the one that had it misunderstood. Uh, what I found out that day is that legalistic definition for them is not the biblical definition of legalism. Our definition is if you're trying to keep the law to, go, to be saved, trying to keep the law to get yourself to heaven, and there's no way that you can do that. Their legalistic definition is anytime you have a standard that I don't have, you bunch of legalists, you know, because they don't want to dress as God says. It's still an abomination, men, if you put on a dress. It's still an abomination if you wear any kind of women's clothes. It's an abomination, so don't do it. Don't even think about doing it. And, I'm, and let me just, just to take a moment on that. I'm getting way off the topic here. Um, but just a moment. Uh, we are now in an in a age of transgenderism. It's a mental disease. And you know whose fault that is? It's the church of the living God's fault. There have been church after church after church uh, where the women don't want to dress like women, the men don't want to dress like men, and all of a sudden we have confusion in our society and it's our fault. Praise God you have standards here, but not every independent Baptist church does. Not every church of the living God does. And it's caused confusion. And I believe some of this is the chastening hand of God upon us. Uh, because of the confusion that, we, uh, we, that we've uh, created because of our disobedience. Uh, make no mistake, when we're disobedient to God, we will have the chastening hand of, of God upon us. We cannot get around it. Uh, these people that, that criticize us, that we're of the, of the persuasion that once you're born again, you're always born again, that you don't have to get unborn again and then have to get born again again and then get unborn again again. It, it, it just causes a lot of, well, once you're saved, you're always saved, and they don't like that. Uh, so they, they, they accost us and they, and they cause confusion and attack us with that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, once you're saved, uh, you should walk in holiness and newness of life. Anyway, uh, we're created to please God. Uh, and we know the story in First Samuel. I will not have time to talk about that. But uh, Samuel told uh, Saul after he disobeyed, uh, did not take out the, all the Amalekites. Uh, he told him, uh, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as an iniquity and idolatry. Um, and so to rebel against God, not do the things that he has clearly stated for us, uh, we walk in that sin, we walk in that rebellion. Uh, and then the third part about uh, fulfilling our purpose, uh, Romans chapter eight twenty eight. we talked a little bit about it, but uh, it says this, and we know that all things work together uh, for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom, he, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, uh, that he might be the first uh, born among many brethren. 
Uh, now I am I am no part of the tulip. I am no I'm no point uh, no point at all do I agree with anything. I am so far from not being a Calvinist that I say this that the Calvinist God is not the God of the Bible. Um, I'm, I'm not a Calvinist, but I am someone that believes in predestination. To every believer, everyone that's taken Christ as their personal Savior, you're predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, so there are going to be hard things that come into your life to help you berm off some of the infirmities that you have on your life. Why? So you can be more Christ-like. So you can be more godly, more holy. Uh, that, is, that is a desire. That's our, that's our purpose. To fulfill that purpose is to be more Christ-like. So how is Christ? In 1 Peter 2, uh, 21, I'm not going to read that whole uh, section, of, uh, section of Scripture, but it says, For even hereunto you are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving this example uh, that you should follow his steps. Uh, there was no guile found in his mouth. He did no sin. These are things that we're to follow. And then Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, so I want to talk to you about this morning about fulfilling our purpose, uh, being a witness, uh, being a soul winner, uh, being someone that's constantly on the look for someone you can share the gospel with. Uh, so let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you again this morning, and we do thank you for being our God. Uh, we thank you for the love that you bestow upon us. We thank you for the privilege we have to know you, to serve you. And Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us right now, uh, that you would convict us where conviction is need, that you'd comfort where comfort is need. And Father, would you just please leave us, lead us in the path of righteousness, that we may do your will, that we may please you. Uh, Father, we understand that we're created for that. Help us. Help us to please you in all that we do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me give you the why of, of, of being a soul winner. Uh, the why of sharing the gospel. Uh, the why, here's the command, Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And Matthew 28.18-20, through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake of them, saying, All power is given unto me uh, in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. Law, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And then Mark 16.15, And he said unto them, Go ye, and listen to this one. This is the command that you can, that you can hold on to. Uh, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Um, preach the gospel to every creature. Um, what we're going to do here when, when I get past some of these verses, I, I'm going to do something that, um, uh, that's going to help us in, in being able to share the gospel. What I'm going to do is I'm going to separate the gospel from the soul winning plan. I'm going to separate the gospel from the soul winning plan. You're not going to find a verse, go ye into all the world and share the soul winning plan. I'm going to separate these two. I'm going to show you why. Because you can share the gospel with everyone. You, not ne- you necessarily can't s- share the soul winning plan with everyone. Okay? Um, and, and I'll show you here in a second. But, it, but not only is it a command, but it's a duty. Uh, Matthew 4, 19. Uh, and he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And my question to you is, how is your fishing going? Because he says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. If you're following the Lord Jesus Christ right now, it's a byproduct of following him. You start fishing. Uh, your lures change. I have all kinds of different tracks. Um, but you will be fishing if you're truly following Jesus Christ. All right? So um, it's also a calling. 
in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ's sake, as though God did beseech us, or excuse me, beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. In that passage of Scripture, uh, that's where we get the verse, um, uh, that whosoever, um, let me turn to it because I, I don't want to misquote it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He then tells you what the new is. He's now giving you the ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation to reconcile the world back to him, a steward of the gospel, if you will, uh, in that passage of Scripture. So it is a re- it's not only a calling, but it's a reckoning. In 2 Corinthians 5, 10 through 11, it says, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, uh, that every one may receive the things done in his body according that he had done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Uh, so we see here that it's a calling, it's a reckoning, but it's also a need. In Mark eight thirty six, it says, For what shall, the, what shall profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Eternal souls are at stake, and this is a very important subject because eternal souls are at stake. And it says in Psalm 142, 4, I looked on my right hand and behold, excuse me, and beheld, but there was no man that would know me, refuge failed me, no man cared for my soul. Are you caring for the souls of men and women, boys and girls today? Uh, is, it, is it something that you're mindful of and, and, and caring in your heart uh, that that person, if I don't tell them about Christ, there's a chance that that person could die and go to hell, ultimately the lake of fire, if I don't tell them. I believe personally that people in Madison, Alabama, if they die and they go to the lake of fire, that it's my fault. That I didn't do more. I wasn't more fervent. I didn't pray more. I didn't go, go as much as I should go. It's, it's our fault if people end up dying. He's given us that word of reconciliation. Uh, so that brings us into the part of witnessing. What does witnessing even mean? What does all that mean? Uh, witnessing. And, I, and, and, and it's a witness in a courtroom is expected to tell exactly what he knows. Uh, what he has seen or what he has heard, he cannot tell what others said. He must relate his own personal spirit, experience in his own words. Witness, witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ is the same. It's you telling in your own words uh, what happened to you. And I hope you could all articulate a story right now. Uh, that you could say that, um, uh, and the generic story is in the past, uh, someone uh, shared the gospel with me, someone talked to me, asked me that I know for sure I was going to heaven uh, I didn't. They began to show me the word of God. I got our conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. And as I learned that Jesus Christ died for my sins, was buried, rose from the dead, I placed my faith and trust in him. I asked him to save me, and he gave me eternal life. That's a generic testimony that everybody in this room, if you're born again, have to have some form of that testimony and to be able to articulate that. And really, uh, Pastor Jeremiah and I were talking about this yesterday. I believe that if you were saved at a young age, I believe that's more powerful than me getting saved at 25 out of a life of sin. Uh, that, is conf- that, is, that, is not, that was never God's plan for my life, but I got scarred uh, for those 25 years. My wife got saved when she was a young child. The power in that. Uh, she, don't have, she, doesn't, don't have, she doesn't have the sin scars on her uh, like I do. Uh, so the power of her getting saved at a young age, don't, don't diminish that testimony, please. Uh, in power, you shared that testimony that when I was a young child and I grew up in a Christian home. That's powerful. That's precious. Uh, don't diminish that testimony when you're witnessing. Uh, and we see a couple of instances of witnessing 
Um, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is it turned to uh, John chapter 9. And just for time's sake, I will not be able to go through all this. Um, but this is an awesome passage of Scripture to go over. Um, we, we see a blind man. Uh, the Lord spit in the clay, made mud. The guy rubbed it all over his eyes. That's just, that's just awesome. Uh, he went and washed in the pool of Siloam, and, and all of a sudden he's washing. This guy was born blind from his youth. And, I'm gonna, and I said I'm not going to talk much about this passage, so let me not go into that story. He, he got sight. He washed his eyes. Um, but then in verse 10... It says, therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes opened? Uh, he answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes, said, go wash in the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Uh, they said, uh, uh, they, they said, they, excuse me, then said they unto him, uh, where is he? He said, I know not. They brought him to the Pharisees. Uh, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind and it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made clay and opened his eyes. And, and then the Pharisees also asked him, uh, how, um, asked him how he had received his sight. Uh, he said unto them, he put, clay on mine, he put clay upon mine eyes, I wash, and I do see. Uh, and then, and of course, they got upset. Uh, the Jews did not believe concerning him. Uh, in verse 25 again, uh, well, go to verse 20, 20, uh, 22. Uh, these words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. Uh, for the Jew, well, 21. Uh, it says, but by what means now seeth uh, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes we, uh, who have opened his eyes we know not. Uh, he is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. Uh, we don't know the age of this man. I'm thinking around 12 or 13. Uh, in the Jewish culture, when you turn 12, that's when be, you became a man. And the parents were scared of being put out of the synagogue, uh, losing favor with the Jewish uh, folks and, and, and all that community. Uh, and they threw their own child under the bus. Uh, I'm not having anything to do with this. That guy's of age. Yes, this is our son. Yes, he was born blind, but he's of age. You ask him. We're, we're out of this. And come to find out, he's going to get cast out of the synagogue, but his parents aren't. And uh, shame on those parents. And shame on these religious people that didn't know the name of this blind man. Uh, they didn't have a clue who he was. means they weren't ministering to this. And I'm not preaching on this passage. I'm preaching off the, about the witness. It says, uh, verse 25, And he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. The other testimony is in John chapter 4 with the lady of Samaria. She was from the city of Sychar. Uh, segregation was happening between the Jews and the Samaritans. They would have walked on the uh, different side of the street. They would have used different restrooms. The, the, pers uh, the persecution and the prejudice uh, that were happening between the Jews and the Samaritans, uh, was, was, uh, it, was, it was not good uh, because the, the Samaritans were mixed with the Jews. Uh, anyway, I'm not getting into all that, but uh, basically the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. You can see that in verse 9. Uh, she was amazed that he even talked to her. Uh, he told her, of course, that she uh, was with uh, the man that she was with was not her husband. She had five husbands. Uh, then she went in the town, verse 28. Look at it, it says, then the, then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith, saith unto the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not, excuse me, is not this the Christ? Uh, then they went out uh, of the city and came unto him. So she went out as a witness. We noticed that the disciples didn't bring anybody back. But by her witness and by her testimony, uh, because something happened in her, she met the Messiah, she all of a sudden went out and started sharing it. 
Uh, your witness is the same thing. What happened to you uh, when you got saved? I got saved out of Catholicism. I got saved out of trusting in my works. Uh, someone loved me enough to witness, loved the Lord enough to witness to me. Uh, I placed my faith in Jesus Christ and using that testimony as Paul the Apostle did throughout uh, the New Testament to bring others to Christ. So this is, this is the way uh, in which, which we, we share, uh, I share the, the testimony of salvation. This, this is, this is kind of how I do. Um, and so I'm telling you how, how through all the years of being a soul winner, this is, this is how I do. Uh, so this would be the way. Uh, I pray and I pray and I pray for God to give me wisdom and boldness and to fill me with the Spirit of God. This is vitally important because I know that I've never won one person to Christ. Not one. It's always been the Holy Spirit of God. It's not us that saves them. Uh, we may hook them, catch them. God, God, God cleans them, uh, nets them, cleans them. Uh, we just are faithful to share the gospel. All right? So praying for the filling of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and this is vitally important because of all the different situations that you'll get yourself into. Um, as you go out fervently, uh, you'll come across situations. We, um, we're at one door, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not telling you these great situations. I'm just telling you what happened. I had my youth pastor. He was a young man at the time, probably 26, uh, 27. He just came uh, from, from um, wherever he came from. He was with me. Um, and we were at a door. The guy came out. He was, had a military background, and I had a military background. So we were having a time of talking just about military stuff. He was having uh, problems with the VA, and uh, I was trying to uh, just, just, just be a friend, uh, someone he could talk to. And, and so well, the real reason we're here, and he says, why are you here? Did you come to tell me, what, did you come to tell me that name? And, and, I, and I just played along. I said, yes, sir, we did. We came to tell you that name, the name that is above every name, that name Every knee will bow in heaven and earth. Every tongue will confess that's the name. He says, what's the name? I said, the name is the name of the one who's the king of kings, uh, the Lord of lords, uh, the great I am. He says, what, that, what is that name? And I said, that name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And this man went into a trance. You know that's not the name that I told you. And... Uh, I'm sitting there thinking, it didn't bother me at all. My, our youth pastor over there, his eyes are bugged out of his head. What in the world? And uh, so we kind of just quickly gave the gospel. And, and, of course, the people that we don't like, we send over to that address and knock on that door. Um, but I didn't know that I was going to come across that. Uh, we, were, we were knocking one door, and this is something I learned about Muslims. They love inviting people in the house. Uh, so... Okay, um, my uh, soul winning partner and I go into the house, and she, her name is Hagar. She has Islamic preaching on her television, and they are going at it in that uh, Arabic language. And you could see she's over there cooking food, and her husband's over there. Uh, and what I learned about this situation, you know, uh, um, and this is, this is what I've learned about that is, uh, we have, uh, cons uh, not conservative Baptists, but Southern Baptists who are very liberal. Uh, there are some Muslims that are the same way with their religion. They're not, they're not extremist. Uh, now, the wife was, the husband wasn't. He had us at the table. And uh, we're sitting there pleading with him about the gospel, how Jesus Christ was God, that uh, Jesus Christ would give him eternal life, and just, uh, just trying to convince him that he was not just the prophet, and he is the one uh, that could give eternal life. And the whole time, Hagar's in there, uh, cooking salmon and rice, 
and uh, she's wanting to feed us. And I don't know about all that. Uh, so she puts the food down, and I watch my soul winning partner make sure that he doesn't, you know, you know. And uh, and so we were just uh, witnessing to her husband. Uh, he eats the food. I, I my wife is a great cook, and she was cooking that night. And so I honestly was saying, my wife is cooking. I'll try a little bit, but I'm, and I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to eat that stuff. I mean, I'm. And so um, just didn't want to eat it. I did taste it. I wanted to be kind, uh, but we got up and. And uh, he was giving us pleasantries, and all of a sudden, she flipped, like she was that Islamic Arabic preacher at this point. Has anyone ever given you a Quran, a Quran? Do you know about Prophet Muhammad? And just started going, and we're like, whoa, where did this come from? Uh, But we learned who the spiritual leader in that house was. Uh, But you don't know what you're going to get into. We had another one where we were invited to some Muslims' house. And uh, their grandpa from Iran was visiting. And they said, we're going to bring him out. He's dressed in all the uh, Islamic clothes. And, and so they're translating from, for us, for him. And I'm realizing in my soul that this is the last time and maybe only time that this man is going to hear the gospel. And uh, so it was, it was very pointed things such as, unless you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you will die in your sin, sir. Unless you repent of, of your false belief and your false religion, you will die in your sins, sir. You must be born again. And the best I can, and the, 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 the children, the grandchildren are moderate, you know, so their eyes are bugging out as they're, and I hope that they were translating that accurately, and then he gave me some word of wisdom or whatever he did. Uh, but you don't know what you're going to get into, so you need to be filled uh, with the Spirit of God as you go out. And I was, I was telling... Uh, 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 Pastor Mitchell, one of my favorite stories uh, of soul winning was uh, a lady named Bobita. Uh, it was a door. It was a hot Alabama summer, and it gets hot, and I think you get crazy sometimes in all this heat with all the sweat and everything, but uh, I don't know that I was crazy at that point, but there was a sign on the door, and it said this, um, if you want me, do not knock and do not ring the bell if you want me call. And there's no phone number. So what do you do? It's hot. I don't know what else to do. Hey! We're from Madison Baptist Church! We want to tell you about the Lord! Or whatever. And, uh... I don't know what else to do. The door opens. She said, I heard you. I said, yeah. Okay, so we uh, shocked me that she heard me, but we were able to, to pull out our New Testament. We were able to take the gospel message, and Bobita, who was from Jamaica, living in the house, Bobita bowed her head, and she asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save her. Amen. Came to church that very next Sunday, uh, all because we called, you know, we went, all because we went and called. So, uh, when you go out, you don't know what, what situation you're going you're gonna to come into. I, I'm just giving you one last story. It was the first time that I, I had a group of, of people that I shared the gospel with. Uh, this was my family. Uh, my, my dad had five brothers and sisters, so a lot of nieces and nephews. It was Christmas time. I hadn't been saved very long at all, but I was burdened for my family. Uh, so we were in a, a nice house, and my uncle, who was a devout Catholic, uh, devout, he'd go on Catholic retreats. 
I mean, he was such a devout Catholic. My grandpa was into the Masons. He was one of the high uh, 42 powered Mason, trusted in the, the lodge in the sky, if you will. This And some of my uh, family were Nazarene. I think there was only one uh, one that was, uh, she was a Southern Baptist. But I asked my uncle because it was his house. I asked my grandpa because I thought, uh, you know, he he had, you know, over the family. May I, may I share something with the family? So right before uh, the family opened presents, I cried my way through most of it, but I was sharing with my family that they could have eternal life, uh, not trusting in their works, but by, but by coming to Jesus Christ. And, and so I look over there, my aunt is, is, is bawling, I'm crying, I'm telling them the lodge won't save you, the works won't save you, it's only through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and this was the first time, and I stumbled through all that, but, but what I want to tell you about that is, is I grew from that, that experience, being able, being faithful, sharing the gospel and really, you're going to grow when you, when you start sharing the gospel. You're going to make mistakes. Uh, I've made so many mistakes, but I've grown. The Holy Spirit has helped me grow. Don't say that again. Don't, don't say it like that. Uh, don't, don't, don't have that kind of uh, talk, you know, just sitting there growing. And so um, what happened is right before my, uh, my uncle died, who was that devout Catholic, he was able to come to our wedding. And uh, I was emphatic on having the gospel preached at my wedding. I got so born again, I wanted to sing hymns at our wedding. My wife wouldn't let us. I wanted to sing hymns at our wedding and pass out Bibles at our wedding. She's like, no, I've been thinking about this since I was a little girl. I don't think we were going to pass out Bibles at our wedding. (laughs) Come on. So what we did do is we took the bulletin at our wedding and uh, we put the gospel track. or We made it an entire uh, beautiful gospel track. Um, and so when they opened it up, they saw the plan of salvation. The order of service was on the back of the, of the big program. Uh, but my uncle and the gospel was preached at my wedding. And uh, my uncle had one last time before he passed away to hear the gospel. And it's on him whether he accepted Christ. He could either exercise that free will to accept Christ or reject Christ. But he was able to hear that uh, one last time. Uh, so pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit of God uh, and be yourself. Uh, you're not Pastor Jeremiah, you're not Pastor Allison, you're not Pastor Jeff, you're not, you're, you, you, God's given you a personality and he's shaping that personality right now uh, for you to use for his honor and glory. Your personality will reach people that my personality won't. I'm not saying the gospel can't reach them, but you understand you connect with some people that I cannot connect with. Uh, you can get the ear and the heart of some people that I can't. Uh, but use your personality and be yourself, no robots. No monotone, monotone, monotone dialogue. Uh, we're from Fairhaven Baptist Church, and we're scared to death of being right here, but do you know for sure you're going to heaven? None of that stuff. None of that stuff. Uh, we were hoping you weren't home, but now that you are, uh, I don't know what to do. What do you, you know what to do? Just give them a track and run. <laughs> None of that stuff. None of that stuff. Be passionate. Be yourself. Be passionate. No robots. No monotone, monotone dialogue. Know, know what you believe. Okay? Know what you believe. Be passionate. It's, uh, uh, the, the, the definition of that is to affect with passion, to express passionately. Um, and being passionate, don't be fake. Don't put on your telephone voice. Hi. <laughs> We're from Fairhaven Baptist Church. Don't put that voice on. Be yourself. Uh, don't, don't, not your phone voice. Not your radio voice. Be yourself. How God has, has, has made you, use that for His honor and glory. Uh, be yourself. Introduction. Your name. Where you're from. Uh, and I, I did this for some of our teens that go out. Hi, 
I'm from Fairhaven Baptist Church, and my parents are such and such. And we go to Madison Baptist Church because our teens go out on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday night, they go uh, into neighborhoods, uh, and, and they're out sharing the gospel on Wednesdays. Um, and the reason for the visit. Uh, hi, we're here. Um, I've started asking three questions. This, this changed how I asked the question, but I, I get to the question after I talk with people, but the question has to be asked. Uh, I've personally, myself, have taken the death part of the question out. Uh, because I, I come to somebody's house and I said, hey, if you died right now, you know, I was like, I started thinking about that. I, I, I don't know if that, I, especially in the, in the turmoil that we have in our age right now, if you died right now, I mean, seriously, if, if you died right now. <laughs> but I figured that I can get the point across if I just ask someone, hey, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Uh, and it's worked just fine. People say yes or no. Our, most people are, are Anyway, they get into their own righteousness and this and that. But you have to ask the question. I've been asking it like this. Uh, hi, we're, um, I'm Pastor Jeff from Madison Baptist Church, and I just wanted to see if you go to church anywhere, if you know you for sure you're going to heaven, uh, or if you care about any of that stuff. And you get a response. Uh, as you're talking to people, I know that we're to uh, share the gospel, uh, but there are times now in our society, our day, that we need to listen to people. Uh, find out what they have. Don't just sit there and talk to them for 20, 30 minutes and get them to pray a prayer. Uh, you haven't talked and found out what's on their heart. Uh, you've given them the message and you had them pray after you, but maybe that's not exactly what God would have us to do. Uh, so talk to them. Find out what they believe. Qualify them. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God? Do you believe that you're a sinner? Do you believe that he died for you, was buried, rose again? Do you believe these things? And if they do, that makes them candidate to call on him. Uh, so I told you that uh, I was going to separate uh, the gospel and soul winning. Um, so turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Or the gospel and, and the soul winning plan is what I meant to say. What time am I, what time am I to be done? Five minutes. All right, so uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which I also received, and wherein you stand, by which also you're saved, if you keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ uh, died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Uh, that's what you're commanded to share. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says, I am, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18, I, I, For I, uh, the preaching of the cross is that then perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. He told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's your message right there. Jesus died for your sins. He was buried Three days later, he rose from the dead. Upon trusting in him, accepting him as your Savior, God will give you eternal life. Uh, sometimes that's all that we have to share. Uh, we talked to a Muslim guy on Saturday, and he, his body language, he did not like that we were there. And uh, before I left, I said, I understand, and he kind of rolled his eyes. I said, sir, but uh, by my God, I'm faithful to at least share this with you. I wanted to let you know, sir, that Jesus Christ, and you saw him roll his eyes again, they don't like the name of Jesus. Jews don't like the name of Jesus. Muslims don't like the name of Jesus. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again three days later. If you'll put your faith and trust in them, sir, he will forgive your sins and take you to heaven when you die. Thank you. And he kind of slammed the door on us. Uh, but I was faithful to give him the gospel. 
Not just give him a track. Open my mouth and share the gospel with him. That's what God chose. He chose to use us that way. And if you can't do that, you can. Yes, you can. Jesus died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again. Would you trust him as your personal savior? I want you to do, uh, start doing that better in your walk, sharing that message. Just go to somebody and say, can I share a quick message with you? Give them the gospel. Uh, that's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believe it. There's going to be some people that believe that. So I told you that I was going to separate that. Go to uh, John chapter uh, 6 and verse 17. Not 17. John, tap, excuse me, John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8. And, and I, I have to hasten. Look what it says. John 16, 7 and 8. Uh, this is the Lord Jesus Christ talking. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, this is the Holy Spirit of God now, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I saw this the other day and I said, That's our soul winning plan right there. He is going to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. So then we uh, are using the word of God. Romans 3.10. As is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans, and that's, that's the lack of righteousness. When you get over to Romans chapter 10, uh, you get into the, I, I believe it is the second verse. Um, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. All right, So we have no righteousness of our own. There's none righteous, no, not one. But when we believe on Jesus Christ, he gives us his righteousness. And in order to get to heaven, you have to have righteousness in order to get to heaven. And you have none. But the Lord Jesus Christ does. And when you believe on him, you receive his righteousness. This is awesome. Uh, and then sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Again, we know the definition of sin, it, definition of sin is to transgress the, the law. So then we talk about some of that. Uh, do you, have you ever told a lie before? And uh, I've had people actually say no. You're a liar. You liar. Uh, have you ever stolen before? I've had people say no. And uh, I said, well, have you already t- always tithed? Because if not, you're robbing from God. That's more than robbing from man. Uh, have you ever used God's name in vain? I, I don't use any more than that. You, the Holy Spirit will convict with that. And I've seen people get under conviction. Uh, when I show them uh, next is... Um, uh, the Bible verse, and in, in also in, it's it found in uh, Romans 3.19, it says, Now we know what so things ever the law saith to say to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty for, before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in this sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Uh, and then we show them judgment to come. Uh, we show them, uh, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, we show them for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We show them that death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Uh, and I'm out of town, but then we invite them, uh, if they believe those things, to call on Jesus Christ. Um, as I study that passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 10, I do believe that people, when they truly believe, they can call on Jesus Christ. Um, I've been challenged with the illustration of someone drowning or someone in trouble. Uh, do you know that there's no way that I have to go out there and tell them that you need to scream out for help? It's a natural response to somebody that realized that they're in trouble. They scream out, would you save me? Would you help me? Over here. And they don't care if there were a thousand people around that pool or around that cliff that they were hanging on. 
they would do whatever they could to get the attention. When, it, when a person is truly under conviction of God, and the scripture said, it said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. If that person really believes, they can exercise that faith saying, Jesus Christ, would you save my soul? Uh, we had a man uh, trust Christ uh, Thursday a week ago. Um, and the same thing, he, had, he didn't know how to pray. He didn't know what to do. I said, do you believe Jesus Christ? He said, I do. I said, what do you want Jesus Christ to do to save me, forgive my sins? Uh, why don't you ask him? He says, it's that simple? I said, do you believe those things? He says, yes, I believe those things. And so in the, in the most childlike, 37 years old, uh, Jesus, would you save me? Would, would you take me to heaven? Uh, did I do it right? Did I do it right? I was like, I don't know. Where are you going when you die? He said, heaven. I said, why? He says, I just asked Jesus in. I said, well, praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Anyway, I'm out of time. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, the ministry of reconciliation that you've given us. Help us to be faithful witnesses. Help us to do the best that we can uh, in our daily walk, in our devotions, in our prayer life. Why? So that we can bear fruit. Uh, Father, our life would be uh, in vain. All of our learning and, and higher learning would be in vain if our life does not bear fruit. Help us to be the witnesses for you, uh, that we bring pleasure to you. And Father, I thank you for all that you're going to do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.